And with that, I invite you to stand as we are able, as you are able, as we come to God's word here. Um, there are four accounts of Jesus' life, and if you've been connected with Living Waters, you know we we preach and teach in sermon series. We find these themes um, that 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 God gives us, um, and and one of them that we've been exploring is what it means to not have perfect lives, that it's okay. And we've been diving into the life of one of the key disciples, one of the key followers of Jesus. His name is Peter. And we've been looking at some huge moments, some beautiful moments, um, where he really declared Jesus as his Messiah when no one else did. Or when he walked on water, this, this beautiful miracle. Um, when he was called by Jesus. I mean, all these amazing ones. But there's also some hard moments. And this one is maybe the hardest. So it's in Matthew chapter 26, and Jesus has been betrayed. He's been arrested. He foretold this was going to happen, but now it's happening. And one of the things he foretold was that the one he was going to build his rock on, Peter himself, was going to deny him three times. Let's see what happens here. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came to him said, you also were with Jesus, the Galilean. But Peter denied it before all of them, saying, I do not know what you're talking about. When he went out to the porch, another servant girl saw him. She said to the bystanders, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, certainly you also are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to curse. And he swore an oath, I do not know the man. At that moment, the cock crowed. Then Peter remembered what Jesus had said before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and he wept bitterly. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, I have hard news for you. Sobering news. No matter what, no matter what we do, the good, the bad, no matter how young we are, no matter how old we are, no matter how healthy we are, no matter how much we have in our bank accounts, you and me, one day, will breathe our last. It's inevitable. We can't stop it. It's a question not of if. It's a question of when. It's going to happen someday. And... The question I have for us today is, as you ponder that, that this world will go on. There will be moments after each of us has been on this earth that things will continue. And the question I have for you is this. What do you want and need to be defined by? Who is it you are? What is it that you say at the very end of my life, at the very end, how will people know who I am? Now, I, it, 
it's, uh, it's interesting when you look at, at people's gravestones, right? As you're rolling through a cemetery, um, I, because of what I do, I've happened to spend some time in cemeteries. And it's, it's interesting. It's not, just, it's not just the dates, right? But people choose to, to write things or have an image. And, and some of those are really powerful. And, and other ones, I'm like, okay, how would, how would you define yourself? Some of these gravestones like are, are, are kind of, look at this one. Raised four beautiful daughters with only one bathroom and still there was love. <laughs> like that's a great way to be defined by, right? Um, here's another one. I made some good deals and I made some bad ones. I really went in the hole with this one. <laughs> what? <laughs> Truly. Roddy Dangerfield, there goes the neighborhood. <laughs> awesome. And then um, Mel Blank, man of a thousand voices. That's all, folks. I love looking at these. And then I think, what, oh, what would I want on my tombstone? What would you want on yours? Now, think of your life. What are the things you're good at? What are the things you put stock in, put priority in? What's the best thing you've done? Do you have a moment? Like a thing you've done. Maybe, maybe for you, it's your children. For you, your children, boy, you've, maybe you've done other good things, but your kids, you know, you know that that's the best thing that you've done. Or maybe it's your marriage or, or your job. Maybe it's an achievement you've had, an award you've had. What is it, the, the best thing that, that's defined you? Is that what you put on, on your tombstone? Or what about, what about the flip side there? What are the hardest things? The things you wish, you wish hadn't happened. The things you wish you could take back. You know that one thing, the broken marriage. the betrayal, the loss you experienced, the guilt you're holding on maybe years after the fact. So what is it that defines you? You know, I, I think for a lot of us, if you really think about your life, there's some really good things, right? But, it, but I, I, I often wonder how it's so easy, so easy for so many of us to gravitate towards that, that second piece I talked about, the thing, the thing we did or the thing we wish we'd done, the, that, that hard thing. And so often for so many people, we can really define ourselves and, and we can define others by that, even and especially in our churches. That judgment happens. Now, Peter is one of those, I think. So for Peter, how would you define his life? I mean, we've, we've looked at some key moments, some huge, beautiful things that he's done. I mean, like I mentioned before, he is the lone person of the disciples after seeing some miracles and Jesus gave them that pop quiz about, who do you say I am? And maybe the others were thinking it, but Peter says, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And because of that, his name was Simon and Jesus renames him. He re-identifies, he redefines him. He calls him Peter Petros. In Greek, that means rock. You're rock. And now, Peter, rock, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build my church my, on you. Wow. 
There's other times. I mean, when he takes that courageous first step out of that boat. No one else did. And yeah, he sinks. Yeah, he he has doubts. But what courage he took, right? That's amazing. Now, we could could look at that and say, well, he failed and Jesus had to pull him up. But boy, to, to have faith like that, incredible. But then we have other moments. And I can tell just how much this one rips him apart. Now, Jesus said at the very end, he, he talked to all the disciples, you're, you'll flee. You're going you're gonna to run away from me. He predicted one was going to betray him. And then he said, to, he said, and all of you, you won't be with me. And Peter, in that moment during that last supper with his Savior, after spending three years with him, you know, he knows he's the rock. He, Jesus has told him. He's like, I will never do that, Jesus. I would never. I would, I would lay down my life for you. And Jesus says, no, you'll, you'll deny even knowing me three times. Just that, would, that would never happen. And later that night, sure enough, he does. And we know how much this defines him. We know it because of this key verse, I think. It's, it's a small one, but I think it's a, a huge one. Then Peter remembered what Jesus has said before the cockroach. You will deny me three times. And he went out and he wept bitterly. Now, I think of this moment. He's done exactly the worst thing. He's done exactly the opposite of what he promised he would do to his, to his Lord. And it, it makes me think of those moments for, for you and for me. You know the ones, the one where you promised, you promised that it would never happen, and, and yet you did it. And like Peter, it can be so easy, right, that wept bitterly. You can hear it, the guilt, the pain, the shame. And I wonder, in this verse, it just catches a, a glimpse for us of, of Peter. Now, that could define him for the rest of his life. How will he ever get over that? And for most of us, when we think of Peter, yes, we think of some of those shining moments, but for most of us, I think we do define him by this moment. We know Peter, yep, he's the rock. We know he walked on water. We know he's one of the called disciples. So we know he's, he's going to be one of the apostles afterwards, but this is the one that comes again and again. Oh, he's the one. He's the one who denied Jesus. How could he? How could he? He saw such amazing things, right? He heard so much powerful things. He had a relationship with Jesus. How could he? even deny him. Then I think of you and me. It's 2,000 years later. We're followers of Jesus. Right? If you don't know this, God, God calls you. You today. In Fargo of all places. And God's calling you to do something just like he, he did for Peter. Pick up your cross. Deny yourself and follow me. They say out of all of the things that we deny, that we have this real gift 
of, yep, defining ourselves by good things, but really uh, psychologists say we, we define ourselves by the hard things, and, and sometimes the hardest, that that can be the easiest thing for us to define ourselves. But they also say we have this amazing gift as people to, guess what, deny that, to separate it, to say, yep, I did something hard or something that I struggle with, and, I, and to define ourselves by that and to live our lives with that separately. And one of the things that we deny the most, in fact, they say we dress, all of us dress um, in certain ways, however we find our style, um, because of this one thing, this one thing we deny. And we, we act in a certain way. Um, we work out in a certain way. We eat a certain way. Our, our language is all defined. And the experts, psychologists say it's because of all the things we deny the one thing. Do you know what that thing is we deny? Most of all, our death. But I think Peter was confronted by it. He wanted he wanted to stand with Jesus, right? He said he would. But then when it came to that moment that it might mean his life, that it might mean he, he's also going to be on a cross with Jesus, he, he can't help himself. He denies it. And, and he denies Jesus because he's so afraid of, of death. But how does God define us? How does God define Peter? And what happens next? Over the next two weeks, we're going to see a transformation. How Peter, he goes from this moment, this moment that he flees in horror at himself. He defines himself by his worst moment. It could have derailed the rest of his life. But he's going to encounter the risen Jesus in just a few days. And in it, you're going to hear Jesus' redemption and how Jesus, Jesus knows what he did. He foretold it. And yet Jesus, oh man, he shows something, something completely wild and unimaginable. He gives grace. <laughs> so what will be on your tombstone? At the very end, when we breathe no more, how will you be defined? What's the shining moment? What are the hardest moments? My hope and my prayer is this, that today you and me, we're, we're deniers just like Peter. We fail just like Peter. We try to, we try to have this illusion that we're going to live forever. And we're not. But here's the gift. We're defined by one thing. And it's this crazy thing because I've had these holy times with people again and again and again. And at the very end, when they're on their deathbed and the pastor's called in and I'm, I've been blessed to be with them. You know what people don't talk about? I've never had one person tell me, man, Yes. I've never had one person say that, and I've never had one person in their last moments tell me, man, am I so thankful I had that boat. Man, am I, Pastor, I'm so grateful 
for that car that I drove. Pastor, I'm so grateful that I spent all those hours and hours and hours of extra time in my job. You know what they talk about? To a person. People. Right? Their family. Their spouses. Their, their kids and grandkids. And to a person, this is what I almost hear a variation of is this. But pastor... I hope God forgives me for that one thing. They talk about the most essential things, and then one of the most essential is that hardest thing, the thing they, they can't quite get over. And they say variations of, I, I, hope, I hope I've done enough. And as they're looking at their last breath, they're, they're, they also say variations of, I hope God grades on a curve. I hope I'm forgiven. Heartbreaking. And you know what I tell them in those moments? You haven't done enough. Because you can't earn it. But here's the gift. God doesn't define you by that. God defines you by him. By one thing. His love. His love for you. But there's nothing you've done. And now I get to share that with him. That there's nothing you've done that's stopping him from loving you. There's nothing you've done that stopped him from dying for you on the cross. And now that's what we get to be defined by. So what if today, what if today we go out from here, yep, realizing we're going to breathe our last someday. Today could be the day. We, we don't know. And today is the day that we get to, to choose. Today we get to, to choose what's most important. To not deny the reality of the pain and the brokenness and our own imperfections, but we can choose to define ourselves as God does, loved, forgiven, and that after we breathe our last, there's no denying. Our God will raise us because of his love for us. Now that's a gift we can, we can accept freely. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you for your grace and your love. You loved Peter even through his, his worst betrayal, the way he denied you. You saw something more. You still built your church on him. You still called him your rock. You still loved him. God, help us to realize that you define us by your love too. There's so many of us hurting, so many of us afraid, even right here, feeling guilty of the, the things we've done to you and to others. God, help us to realize you see us as you saw Peter that you redeem us, that you love us. So help us to go out and, and help us to not deny those realities, but, but to truly deny ourselves, to truly understand just glimpses that 
our lives are only made meaningful by you and your love for us and for others. Help that to define us. Help that to give us strength and courage and help us to go out from here to love, to love on the world that you've blessed us with. In your holy name we pray and all God's people said, amen.